Hey guys, don't forget, April 23rd through the 28th, 2023, we'll be at Nashville, Tennessee for the second Street Cop Training Conference. You do not want to miss out on that. So far, we have some real big headliners on there. It'll be five days of transforming training in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benito. Today I'm going to read some case law excerpts which will help you do your job better and help conceptualize how these applications apply in the field for you to know how to work within the confines of the Fourth Amendment. U.S. v. Ross, 1982. Acting on an information from an informant that described an individual was selling narcotics kept in the trunk of a certain car parked at a specific location. District of Columbia police officers immediately drove to that location, found the car there, and a short while later, stopped the car and arrested the driver, the respondent, who matched the informant's description. Once the officers opened the car's trunk, found a closed brown paper bag, and after opening the bag, discovered glassine bags containing white powder, later determined to be heroin, the officer then drove the car to headquarters, where another warrantless search of the trunk revealed a zippered leather pouch containing cash. The respondent was subsequently convicted of possession of heroin with the intent to distribute. The heroin and currency found in the searches have been introduced in evidence after respondent's pretrial motion to suppress the evidence had been denied. The Court of Appeals reversed, holding that while the officers had probable cause to stop and search respondent's car, including its trunk, without a warrant, they should have not opened either paper bag or leather pouch found in the trunk without first obtaining the warrant. This got appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, and this is what they ruled. Held. Police officers who have legitimately stopped an automobile and who have probable cause to believe that contraband is concealed somewhere within it may conduct a warrantless search of the vehicle that is as thorough as a magistrate could authorize by a warrant. The automobile exception to the Fourth Amendment's warrant requirement establishing Carroll v. United States 1925 applies to searches of vehicles that are supported by probable cause to believe the vehicle contains contraband. In this class of cases, a search is not unreasonable if based on objective facts that would justify the issuance of a warrant, even though a warrant has not actually been obtained. However, the rationale justifying the automobile exception does not apply so as to permit a warrantless search of any movable container that is believed to be carrying an illicit substance and that is found in a public place even when the container is placed in a vehicle not otherwise believed to be carrying contraband. So United States v. Chadwick and Arkansas v. Sanders. What does that mean? That means that the automobile exception applies to containers found in an automobile. You don't want to let a container go into an automobile to stop it and then use the automobile exception if you're going to cite that was the series of events. If it was outside of the automobile and you were observing it and knew that, you'd have to apply through the warrant process or consensual procedure. Where police officers have probable cause to search an entire vehicle, they may conduct a warrantless search of every part of the vehicle and its contents, including all containers and packages that may conceal the object of the search. The scope of the search is not defined by the nature of the container in which the contraband is secreted. Rather, it's defined by the object of the search and the places for which there is probable cause to believe that it may be found. For example, probable cause to believe that undocumented aliens are being transported in a van will not justify a warrantless search of a suitcase. The doctrine of stare decisis does not preclude rejection here of the holding in Robbins v. California and some of the reasoning in Arkansas v. Sanders. Now, just to give our final spin on it from the street cop family here, People are confused when they stop a vehicle and have established probable cause and they find locked center consoles, locked glove boxes, locked briefcases, locked boxes, safes in a car. With PC to search, that would grant you access to those locked items. Our advice is, don't forget, least intrusive means necessary. So to paint a picture for you 
I would suggest that if you have PC to search a car, try to go about accessing that safe or that locked item by requesting the owner to open it. This is not a consensual procedure. It's, hey, we have PC to search your car. You need to open this up so I can search this area. If you fail to do so, I'm still going to try to access it without breaking it, but I'm afraid I'm going to break it. But you can use force, and what kind of force am I talking about? The least intrusive means necessary. So the least amount of force possible to achieve your law enforcement objective. Sometimes that includes having to use enough force that unfortunately may break it. Hopefully this helped you guys. This is a big confusing one. We get this question a lot on our podcast, in our Facebook group, on our social media networks. What do I do when I have PC to search a car and I come across something that's locked or an item that's locked? Here was your answer today. You can fact check it. I have not found a state yet, except the ones that do not adopt the automobile exception under the federal standard that has deviated from the findings in USV Ross. Also check out our podcast episode on Wyoming v. Houghton, which talks about passengers' belongings in a car. Till next time, hopefully you guys found some value in this training. Enjoy, go out there, be smart, be safe, and thank you for the continued support. Hey guys, make sure you're joining our Street Cop Training Facebook group. For law enforcement only, we have over 94,000 members. You don't want to miss out. Constant free training. It doesn't cost a dollar to join. We want to get you the training you need and deserve.